feet. I hate to do that to you. Remain standing in Jesus' name. And while you're standing, if you can turn to Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6, and we'll begin reading in verses 10 through 17. Ephesians chapter number 6, verses 10 through 17. When you get there, you can say amen. Amen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. Everybody say wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench. Everybody say quench. All the fiery dots of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you once again that we are gathering around your word. We come around your word this morning asking that you would impart wisdom to us, light and understanding. God, it is our desire, Father God, to to do your word, not just be hearers of the word of God, but to be doers. Father God, we want this word to change our lives. And so, Father, as I stand here, Lord, I'm just a conduit. Use me. Use this vessel of clay, Father, to do only what you can do. Transform lives today. Father God, I pray that as we go into this word this morning, that your people will hear a word that will revolutionize, that will change their lives. And Father, we will never be the same in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. 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 You may be seated in his presence. Last week, we had started a series entitled The Unseen Battle. And I think we talked about the fact that as the children of God and as people of God, that we must recognize and realize that we are in a spiritual battle, spiritual warfare. And so we spotlighted how that Satan, we talked about his character, how he is a a liar, how he is a thief, and his goal is to destroy your life. How many know what I'm talking about? His goal is to make life difficult for you. His goal is to, he, he doesn't like you because you're tied to Jesus. And so this week, I entitled the sermon today, Armed and Dangerous. Now, we talked last week about the presence of Satan. We talked about the reality of who he is. But today, we want to, we want to specifically deal with how he attacks us. Many believers understand and they know that Satan is real. Amen? 
you better know Satan is real. We know that Satan is real, but too many of us don't really know how he works. And so sometimes as believers, too many of the people of God find themselves in a very difficult situation and, and they look up one day and they say, why is it that I keep struggling? Why is it that I keep dealing with this same thing over and over and over again? I thought I'd been here before. Sometimes it is because, oftentimes it is because we don't realize that we are giving territory over to the enemy. And we don't really understand how he works in our lives. How many know that as Christians, we are in the fight of our life? We are in a battle for the souls of men. Do you hear me? Satan can't do much about your salvation, but his number one agenda is to knock you out of combat. He wants to knock you out of the battle. He wants you to quit. He wants you to give up. He don't want you to share this gospel with nobody. How many know what I'm talking about? He wants you to be so concerned with your problems that people around you are on their way to hell and you don't even realize it. He loves it, the fact that he don't have a problem with us coming to church and raising our hands and, and walking in and singing praises to God in here as long as when you go out there, you don't talk much about it. He don't have a problem with you having a church picnic. He, go ahead, have a church picnic, but just keep that stuff amongst yourselves. Because we're in a battle for the souls of men. And, and, and how many know that, that, that he is not going to relinquish that territory easily? He's going to fight you on every turn. He's going to fight and you got to fight and you got to pray. And you also must understand how he is working in our lives. I, I believe that in many cases, we lose spiritual battle because we let our guard down. How many know what I'm talking about? I've, said, I've talked to people from time to time. They say, Pastor, pray for me. And then, you know, as a good pastor, you want to pray for your people, right? And I will pray for you. I pray for you on a regular basis. And, and they'll say to me, I, I don't understand, pastor. You know, you know I, I just keep struggling in this area. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Did, did you do what the word says? No, 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 no. But I keep, and, and then what happened is we don't do what God said. And then we say, well, the, it's, it's all on the devil. I mean, the devil can't make you do nothing. Amen. He don't have that kind of power. He can't make you do anything. Amen. All he can do is tempt. All he can do is dangle things in front of you. But you and I have a responsibility to understand how is it that we find ourselves in this, in this, in this circle of trial and difficulty. I mean, no, it is not God's will for you to be struggling and to be beat up by the devil on a regular basis. In fact, Jesus said that I come to destroy the works of the devil. You are supposed to be, day, day after day, you are supposed to be victorious. Doesn't mean that Satan won't attack you. How many know he is going to attack? He is going to attack. But, but, but if the enemy, if I know the enemy is going to attack, I don't want to be attacked because I gave him territory. Because I submitted to his will. If he attacked me, he can attack me, but I ain't going to help him out. How many know too many God's people help him out and then blame it on him? So we want to talk today, we want to deal with this issue of how he works. Now, go with me to Ephesians chapter number four. I think you're already in Ephesians. And start reading, and we're going to start in verse number 25. Ephesians 4, 25. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Therefore, putting away lying. Everybody say, don't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> Let each one of you speak truth. Everybody say truth. 
with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Now watch this. Be angry. How many know it's not a sin to be angry? Right? Some of you don't know that. You just got a revelation. Oh, I didn't know that. He says, be angry and do not what? And do not let the sun go down on your wrath. But watch this. Nor give place. Everybody say place. Place. To the devil. Nor give place. I submit to you today that too many of us, we give place to the enemy. How many know Satan don't make people smoke cocaine? There was a process that led to that, right? We flirted with it. You know, Satan would say, oh, you know, it's okay to watch a little bit of this stuff. You know you shouldn't be watching. Y'all don't do that because y'all are holding. Y'all are set apart. And the devil says, hey, go ahead, just watch that little magazine. No big deal. And you know in your heart, you know that you probably shouldn't be watching. What is he doing? He's trying to get you. He's trying to lure you so, so, that, so that he can take advantage of the situation. How many know that when you give the devil a little space, he don't just take a little bit? When the devil, you crack the door a little bit. How I many, if you flirt with the devil a little bit, he's coming in to take over. Before you know it, your whole house is surrounded and he is barreling through those doors. And we find ourselves in this cycle and not realizing that we ended up here because we gave place to the devil. We allowed him to do that. We, we, we gave up what God wants us to have, which is our peace, our joy. I mean, no, we don't need to be giving. We don't need to help the devil out. In 1 Peter 5, 8, we talked about this last week, says the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking to whom he may devour. You remember Job, right, in Job chapter 1? Job was an outstanding man. The Bible says that he was blameless. He was upright. Job was a man of God who obeyed God and walked with God. And you know, when God starts bragging on you, you know you're really, really important. And so Satan comes up, and Satan has this conversation. He says, and, and, and God brings up Job. God says, have you, have you considered my servant Job? Have you thought about my boy Job? And you know, interestingly enough, if you go back and read the account in Job chapter 1, Satan says this. Satan says, yeah, I thought about Job. In fact, you got a hedge all around him. You've been blessing him. In fact, everything about his life has increased. You know what that tells me? That Satan was paying attention. That Satan had already been trying to knock on that door, but he could not get in because you know why? Because Job walked with God. You see, there's a blessing when you walk with God. God is shield you. God will protect you. And so when we walk with God, there's a blessing. And, and Job, Job, this man of God, endured much affliction. How many know Satan attacked Job? But it wasn't because Job did anything wrong. How many know if you want to endure an attack by Satan, uh, you, you don't want to have to endure an attack because of something you did wrong. But you want to, have, you want to endure the attack because of everything you did right. Are you tracking with me? But we don't need to fear the devil. The Bible says that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So we don't have to fear the devil, but we have to be careful and we have to understand that, that we cannot give him place. We cannot flirt with sin. We cannot crack the door a little bit. Because how many know he doesn't fight fair? He's dirty. He's sneaky. He is conniving. He's a thief. He hates your guts. He hates everything about you. 
And so why give him an opportunity? Too many believers don't even realize that Satan exists. We live like it sometimes. Why does this keep happening to me? Why does this keep happening to me? When you, the more effective you are for Jesus, I want you to, I want you to jot this down. The more effective you are for Jesus, the more that you can expect to be attacked. The more effect, the more effective you are for Jesus, the more that you can expect the enemy to try to attack you. He's going to try to wreak havoc in your life. How many know what I'm talking about? How many just had things happen, and every time you turn around, something just keeps happening, and you keep, what's, what's wrong? And you've been praying, you've been talking to God, and you've been preaching, and you've been loving God, and it just seemed like there, there's just this thing that just keeps harassing you. Some believers throw in the towel and say, well, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to give this thing up. Don't, don't give up because you're in the fight. See, a good soldier of Christ, you don't give up. You persevere. As the tough get going, as the going gets rough, the tough get going. Something like that. Y'all know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, we persevere. How many know the people of God are to persevere? We're not to quit, but we got to understand who we are. We got to understand that we're, we're wrestling against something. Armor. We talked about the armor last week. And I didn't have an opportunity to dig into it today, but I want to I want to dig into it to close this series. But turn with me back to go back to Ephesians chapter number six, if you will. The armor of God. You want to dissect this a little bit? How many know your armor is important if you're going into battle? See? As a policeman, I love it when I got my stuff on. When I got all my stuff on my belt that I need when I'm getting ready to go into a battle. And I feel totally exposed. You know, there was one time when I was, years ago, I was making a traffic stop. And I used to work, well, I still work out, but I just got done working out and I was rushing because I needed to get back on the street. And I, I go to make this traffic stop, pull this car over. And, uh, and I have this habit, when I walk up to a car, I always do this. So you just want to make sure I got, you know, what I need. And so I walk up to the car and I did this and I was like, uh oh, I didn't have my stuff. So I looked at them. I said, look, have a good day. Today is your day. I'll see you later. I ran back to the station and got my stuff. Because if you're going to fight effectively, you got to be prepared. Amen. You got to have your armor. You got, see, see, armor, see, the Apostle Paul used this physical reality of soldiers. Because the Apostle Paul was, you know, he was locked up a lot. And he was in the presence of Roman soldiers a lot. And so Paul was a teacher. And so Paul used the analogy of the Roman soldier in order to express a spiritual reality that we're all in the battle. And he has to remind Christians that we are in a battle. And so he uses the analogy of the soldier and he talks about every piece of his equipment and every piece of that equipment represents something from a spiritual perspective as well as a physical and so today, so watch this. So as we talk about the armor of God, we're going to dissect each one of these pieces of our armor. Now, now, I want you to think the whole time as we're going through this, and you need to be asking yourself, do I have on all of my armor? Did I get up this morning and I didn't put my armor on? 
Did I just leave? I didn't take time and pray. I didn't take time to seek God. Did I just get up and I just, I'm just going to wing it today? Or did I put on my stuff? Because I mean, no, just you can have stuff, but if you don't put it on, it means nothing to you. I mean, no, you got to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You got to put him on every day. It means nothing. The armor means nothing to you until you put it on. Look at your neighbor and say, put it on. Every day, you got to put on your armor because your armor is your defense against Satan because there's no other way you're going to be able to deal with what he is going, to, what he's trying to do in your life unless you have on your armor. Now watch, let's, let's jump on in, in, in number, uh, Ephesians 6, verse 10. Are you there? All right, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of whose might? All right? His might. So first of all, I must understand that in and of myself, I am no match for Satan. As we said last week, he is powerful. He took a, a, a host of angels with him. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He was kicked out of heaven because of his rebellion and because of his pride. And so, and, and, and when he was kicked out of heaven, he's coming down onto the earth and he has wreaked havoc. Nations are full of sin. People, there are wars and sickness and disease. Do y'all know that Satan is the root of all that stuff? He is the root of all of that. And, and, so, and so Satan, he comes down on the earth knowing that he has but a short time to work. He knows his, he knows his time is up. See, the devil already know you won. The question is, do you know you won the battle? Now watch this. He says, now put on the whole armor. No, for, no, let me go back. Verse 10. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So I constantly need to think, and, and I, here's, how, here's what I pray on a regular basis. I say, Lord, Lord, this is your work. Use me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Every day I ask God to fill me before I end my prayer because I know that I need his strength. Some of us are struggling today because we're trying too hard in our own strength. You got to rely on the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. See, that's rough because you're used to being in control, right? You're used to being able to figure it all out. How many how, how you know that you're not going to always figure it all out? Amen. There comes a point in time when the people of God just got to walk by faith and take God at his word. Amen. I don't understand it. I, I, I can't really see it the way I need to see it, but God, if you said it, it's settled it. I'm just going to follow and obey what you say. Amen. So he said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So he said, put on the whole armor of God. Well, today, I'm not going to put on the, the breastplate of righteousness today. Today is not convenient for me. Well, today, you know what, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to lay down, you know, a piece of my armor today because, you know, I, I just got to get back at sister so-and-so because I'm just going to go off. Today, I, I'm just going to lay some of this armor down because the armor is a little bit uncomfortable to me because I got other plans. He says, watch this, put on the whole armor of God. That means every piece. So every piece of the armor we talk about, you got to put on the whole armor. To not put on the whole armor, you expose yourself to the enemy. When we don't put on the whole armor, it's like we're saying, okay, Satan, take your best shot. How many know that he goes about like a roaring lion? So he's waiting for an opportunity to attack. He's waiting for an opportunity to wreak havoc in your life. 
He's waiting for that opportunity. Let's keep reading. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, rulers of darkness of this age. We talked about that last week, that there's, there's spiritual wickedness all around us. They're trying to, to, to bring about strongholds. When you step, as soon as you step outside those doors and, and really inside, there are forces of evil. Verse 13, therefore take up the whole, everybody say whole, whole. arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, watch this, having girded your waist with what? Right? So what's your first piece of armor? Truth. How many know the people of God ought to be people of truth? We are to be seekers of truth. The Bible says that the church is the pillar and ground of truth. You know that every time we walk in any kind of deception, then we're taking off a piece of our armor. If somebody comes to you and, and you know you did something wrong and they ask you the question, did you do this or did you do that? And, and if you lie and say no, then guess what you just did? You just opened up the door to Satan. One of the things they told me back, and I'll never forget this, they told me back way back when I was in the police academy, they said to me, they said, whatever you do, they said, they said you can just about do anything. But whatever you do, don't lie. Because if you lie, they will fire you. And people still... <laughs> will continue to lie and get fired. See, the people of God ought to be people of integrity. Do you hear me? We're to be people of honesty. It should not be named among us that we are deceivers and that we don't tell the truth. How many of you on your taxes, you need to be what? That people, oh, praise the Lord, I got an opportunity. No, you got an opportunity to do what? your taxes because I mean because every time we cheat every time we lie every time we steal watch, watch this then we open ourselves up and how many know the, the, the Bible says that the Bible talks about how that Satan and Jesus said this as a matter of fact he says that whatever is done in secret would be, would be made manifest in the light it's also another scripture in the Bible says to be sure your sins will find you out how many know that when you walk in deception then Satan will make sure you get exposed how many know we need to be people who are honest? We need to be people that tell the truth. Amen? Amen? Let's look at our second piece of armor. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. righteousness. See, truth, truth deals with our character where righteousness deals with how we respond, how we act. How many know that the people of God are called to be holy? We're called to be separate. We're called to walk in a way that is righteous, that we reflect his character. See, the breastplate of righteousness, it protects you. See, see the, the breastplate, it protects the heart. How I many you know that, that righteousness starts within the heart? See? Righteousness starts within the heart. Turn with me to Luke chapter 4 for a minute, if you will. Verses 18 through 19. Luke chapter 4. Run there real quick. There, say amen. amen. Verse 
verses 18 through 19. Actually, scratch that. Look at Matthew chapter 5. So some of you just go left. Don't panic. Verses 43 through 48. It's like, oh, he just told me to go to a whole other section. Worst case scenario, you can always look up at the screen. Hallelujah. We got your back. Amen. Breastplate of righteousness. Watch this. Y'all there at Matthew 5, verse 43, 48? Watch this. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now watch what Jesus says. Now I want you to hear this. But I say to you, love your enemies. <laughs> Bless those who curse you. And do good to those who what? This is what Jesus said. I mean, say Jesus is your Lord. I mean, you say he's your Savior. But he said, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. I mean, that's pretty strong. And pray, watch this, for those. Not pray against them, but pray what? For those who spitefully use you. How many of you practice that on a regular basis? Don't lie. Quiet. <laughs> Watch this. And the ones who persecute you, that you may be the sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and send rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even tax collectors, in other words, sinners, do the same. But if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do even the tax collectors do the same? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is what? <laughs> now watch this. You cannot, watch this, the breastplate of righteousness means that we have to, do, we have to, we have to walk right. Walk right means obeying what he says, Amen. So if we make a country, we said, well, you know what? I'm not going to love that person. I'm not going to pray for him. I'm just not. Then guess what you just did? You just laid down a piece of your armor. And, get, and, and what happens when you lay down your armor? We talked about it. You're what? Exposed. See? The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, it's the will of God that we abstain from sexual immorality. But if we don't abstain, abstain from sexual immorality, what are we doing? We're relinquishing territory. All over. And then here's, here's what happens. We fall into this trap and we try to figure out why, why I keep going through this. Because you keep taking off pieces of your armor. I know, I'm not saying it's easy to love those. I mean, no, some people really test that. I mean, some people, boy, I mean, you know, some people almost make you get unsaved if it's such a thing. But if we, listen, but if we're people of God and we are supposed to walk righteous, then that means that we have to take him at his word and obey him no matter what. Because I know this, that if I walk with God, I'm going to be blessed. And I know that if I do what he says, that no matter what the enemy throws my way, I'm going to come out on top. Why? Because I kept myself where I need to be. See? What happens is when we get outside of where God wants us, that's when we get exposed. Because we're outside of the purview of his will. 
And so the enemy sees it. And, and you know, the Bible says in Revelation 12.10, watch this. The Bible says that Satan is an accuser of the brethren. <laughs> and, and it also says in Revelation 12.10, it says that he accuses the saints of God day and night. That means that Satan, that Satan is up there. And, and watch this. I don't, I don't understand all the particulars. But, but obviously Satan is up there every day. Did you see what Sister Peggy did? No, you better not did anything wrong. Yo, did you see? Did you see what Yolanda did today? Oh, 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 look, look. They're supposed to be righteous. God, God, look, look, look at it. Look at they're getting drunk. Look at that. They're, they're messed up. Look, did, did you see God? Did you? Every day Satan is in heaven. He's accusing. Every day he's accusing. And so every time we step outside of God's will, Satan is right there saying, see, God, look, look, look. See, that's why he couldn't do that with Job, see. He couldn't do it with Job because Job did everything right in God. But I mean, Job was more blessed than, you know, before, afterwards, than before. So what, what does Satan does? He accuses. Every time, watch this, every time we walk outside of God's will, we, the enemy is up there saying, look, look, look. Now, God is grace. God, God is, he's a, he's a merciful God. Amen. Thank God that he's covered us by his blood. But the Bible also says this, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he what? Reap. That's the principle in the earth. When it says God is not mocked, in other words, don't take God for food. Don't take him for granted because he has established a principle in the earth. It says whatsoever man sows, that shall he reap. And he's no respect of, of persons when it comes to that. So if we sow unrighteousness, we're going to reap what? That's the way it works. You cannot say that I'm going to disobey God over here and then try to divorce yourself of the consequences. Because, you know, we like to do that. Church, church folks try to do that. We, we love to do that, don't we? we? Oh, we throw out the grace card. How many know David sinned against Bathsheba? And God forgave him, right? God blessed him. But how many know he paid a hefty price? His family was ripped up and torn apart because of the sea, because of his behavior. How many know we need to be righteous people? What's the next piece? The breastplate of, the breastplate of righteousness and then having, your, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. How many know that we're, we, 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 we're, we're preachers of this gospel? Turn with me to Luke chapter 4 real quick. We only got a few more minutes. Run with me there. Come on. Y'all smile. Say amen. amen. Talk back to me. Let me know you exist in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 19. When you get there, say amen. amen. This is Jesus talking. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Watch this. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. See, this is, this is the faith that we hold. This is beautiful. He has sent me to heal. Everybody say heal. heal. The brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty. Everybody say liberty. To the captives and recovery of sight to the what? Lie. To set at liberty those who are what? Lie. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Let me tell you something. This is our gospel. This is the message that we preach. You know, for every battle, for every battle, there's normally a reason, right? And our battle is for the gospel. We must defend the gospel. What it means is we have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That means that we walk in every territory, every, wherever we go, wherever God has you, that you preach the gospel. 
that you share the love of God. How many know it's a bad thing for you to know that you're going to heaven and never say anything else to other folk that you see every day. You know that if they don't know Christ, you know what their destination is. Part of our weaponry is, is as we go, watch this, that everywhere we go, we have this gospel with us. Jesus is ready to eat. Jesus is here. He's here to hear you. He's here to deliver you. He's here to set you free. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 11, that, that, we, are, that we, are, we are reconcilers of God. Reconciled. We're to be reconciled to God. We have the ministry of reconciliation. And so we're to preach peace and, and let people know that here's a way that you can, you can find redemption. Here is a way that you can find salvation. Jesus is here. And so we're in a war because of this gospel. And so everywhere we go, we preach it. And how many know there'll be some people that want you to be quiet? There'll be some people that say, you, don't, you, you can't say that. How many know that, that, that you better obey God? God comes first. Man's rules never supersede God's rule. You are not under authority to obey anything that contradicts what God has required of you and me. And this gospel message, it is, I mean, it's a good gospel. Salvation by grace through faith. You mean all I have to do is believe and receive? Yes, you do. He paid the price. He laid up on that cross. He died for you. You don't have to do anything. Just receive it, believe it, and, and just live for him. And, and, and God will bless you. You will have eternal life. Well, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, that's just how much he loves you. He's come to heal the brokenhearted. See, we have this message. Paul said it this way, that I have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have a treasure. We have the answer to all of men's problems. We, do y'all believe that? Amen. Do y'all believe that? Amen. The gospel is the solution to every problem. Because at the end of the day, all, all that's going to matter is what's done for Christ. Because he will rule forever. He will rule forever. Amen? Amen. So we have the, our feet shower with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Our next piece of armor is above all. Everybody say above all. Above. Take up the shield of faith, which will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 real quick. Y'all know the apostle Paul who wrote a third of the New Testament he went through some pretty difficult things, did he not? In our men's study yesterday, we had a good time. And we read in the Second Corinthians chapter 11 how the Apostle Paul, how he just had to endure a lot of stuff. But look what it says here in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 through 12. You there? You can say amen. amen. He says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, meaning confused, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. You see, the shield of faith protects every part of your body. You see? Your heart, it protects you. You get behind the shield of faith. And what happened is the devil always is shooting these weapons at you. Right? He's always trying to tempt you. He's always trying to get you to fall. And when you take the shield of faith, what that simply means is that no matter what happens to you, no matter how difficult things are, that you maintain your faith and your trust in God. 
Because you're in a battle, right? We talked about that. You're in a battle. So no matter how hard it gets, and some people, when they get in the battle, they get in the midst of the battle, they, 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 they just want to quit. But see, the shield of faith, when I got my shield of faith up, that means, you know what? I'm perplexed. I'm confused. I don't understand. But you know what? I'm going to keep going. I don't understand why I got to go through this. This stuff don't make sense. How many of you dealing with stuff that don't make sense? <laughs> I don't know why I have to go through this. I don't know why I have to deal. I mean, God has not given me clear revelation on it. But you know what I want to do? I'm going to take this shield of faith and I'm going to keep marching forward. No matter what the devil throws my way because I'm in a war. How many know when you're in a war, you got to fight to the death if you need to? That you're standing no matter what. You're going to stand and you're going to walk with God through the thick and through the thin. How many know that that's the legacy of the people of God? The people of God are not quitters. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, don't be a quitter. Some of you right now, you're going through some things right now. Don't quit. You keep trusting in God. Well, I've taken a hit. I don't understand this. I got this problem. I got this sickness. I don't know. But you know what? What are you going to do now? Are you going to quit on God? Are you going to say, well, I guess it didn't work for me? You're in a war. You got to get up. You got to fight. And, you know, my wife would tell you, I love war movies. You know, I mean, we have this conflict because she liked the chick flicks. You know what I'm talking about? The, the lovey-dovey movies and, you know, and all that. And, 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 you know, and I like anything that got to do with guns and bullets, you know, uh, people wounded and, 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 and they're about to die and they're dragging them. Come on, man. You can make. But I'm like, ah, I, mean, I mean, I love it. I love that kind of stuff. Because I mean, you are warriors in the kingdom. You are a warrior. And when you take a shot, look, brother, I'm, I'm wounded. I can't, but you know, I'm going to keep going. I just took a hit, but I'm going to keep going. See, if I ain't got my one arm, I'm going to raise, I'm going to raise that one. I'm going to what? I'm going to keep persevering and do what God told me to do, no matter how hard it gets. Why? Because the just shall live by what? Faith. So when I got my shield of faith, that means, brother, I'm in this thing. How many you know you come too far to turn around now? Oh, come on. You've come way too far to turn around now. You, you, you've invested in this thing. You've been sweating too much. You've come too far. You've got to persevere. You've got to persevere. Your shield of faith. Don't put it down, folks. Don't put down your shield of faith. What's the next one? The helmet of salvation. Real quick. Can I have another five minutes? Real quick. Philippians chapter four. Go there real quick. See, the longer it takes y'all to get there, the longer I preach. So hurry up. It's y'all fault. See, I always put that back on y'all. Isn't that nice? <clears throat> like I always say, if, y'all don't, if I don't preach good, it's your fault. Talk back. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. You there say amen. amen. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are what? True. Whatsoever things are what? Whatsoever things are what? Whatsoever things are what? And whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report. If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. How many know if your head is not right, it messes up everything? (laughs) See, part of your weaponry is the helmet of salvation. See, you've got to know that you have been redeemed. You see, the reason why I can keep fighting as a believer and never quit on God, because I read the book of Revelation. You know what it says? 
you win. I summarize it for you. <laughs> the book of Revelation, read the book. The story from Genesis to Revelation, when it ends, you win. The redemptive. Pro- so, so you know what? I know that no matter what I'm going through, I win. And what the enemy wants to tell you, how many know the enemy comes in, he, come, he tries to tell you, all, he lies to you all the time. You ain't saved. What if, what if this whole thing ain't real? See, he attacks your mind, right? I mean, you, you've been believing God and you've been praying, nothing really happening. So obviously, m- maybe, this, maybe you're just wasting your time. How many of you have ever heard those voices? The devil just, he whispers thoughts all the time. They don't love you because if they loved you, they would have called you. If you ever doubt whether I love you, just come ask me and I'll just tell you I love you. And you just walk with that. I mean, no, he's a liar. And so what he does is he want to play tricks on your mind. But see, you got to have the helmet of salvation. That means that I have confidence that I have been redeemed. I have confidence that I'm saved. I know in whom I have believed. And I know he is able to keep me until the last day. I know it like I know my name. I have on the helmet of salvation. How many know when you know you're right with God, when you save, you walk right. You walk with a certain confidence because you know you've been redeemed. But if you, you're questioning whether or not you're really, you know, you're not, you know. But when you know that you've been redeemed, when you know that you've been set free, let me tell you some confidence is all over you. And when people hear you preach the gospel, I can listen to that guy. There's something inspiring. I mean, the enemy is always trying to play tricks. He'll make you think you're crazy sometimes. He's a liar. But that's why the Bible in Philippians says, tells you how to think. Think on things that are lovely. Think on things that are pure. And, and, and I like this one. Think on things that are true. Because he's always trying to pump lies to you. Lastly, the sword of the spirit is one of your weapons. The sword of the spirit, which is, watch this, the word. Everybody say the word. The word of God. Look at Hebrews. We got two verses to look at and then we're done. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12. Go there real quick. You there say amen. I got to run. For the word of God is living. Now, I want, you, I want you to hear that. That's this book right here. This book, his word. This is not, how many know this is not just words on paper? This thing is breathing. It's living. Heaven and earth will pass away, but he said my word will what? never pass away. When everything is said and done, guess what? This word is going to still be here. And they've been trying to discount this book for how many years? Since the beginning of the time. They can't do it. He says this book, watch this. He says for the word of God is living. <laughs> Powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. See, this is your weapon of offense. Your weapon of offense is the word of God. How many know that's why you got to know it? You got to know what your weapon is capable of doing. Amen. There is no weapon, you know, nuclear, whatever. There's no weapon that is more powerful than this. Amen. Watch this. It's living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow, and it is a discerner. Everybody say discerner. Of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. How many know this word, this book is dynamite? 
You got, if you get this word in you, you are powerful. I mean, I've seen this word break grown men and make them cry and weep like little girls. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I was one of them. This word, you, I mean, you preach this word, and boy, when, when it goes, it goes forth with power. That's why the devil don't want you to talk about it. That's why he wants to keep you silent, because this is the key. And if people ever get a hold of this, it'll set them free. Amen. It'll give them victory. It'll change families, cities, and nations. Amen. This book is powerful. It's living. Everybody say living. living. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Sharper than any. I mean, this book is powerful. Lastly, turn to Luke chapter 4 real quick. I'm going to show you how you use it when you're going through a battle. I said Luke chapter 4. Run there, run there real quick. Remember the long you take? When you get there, say amen. amen. Now, how many know that Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is mighty. Jesus is strong. And Jesus showed us how to deal with stuff, how to deal with the devil when he comes. How many know that in this particular passage, Jesus was under attack by Satan. Satan came to him when Jesus hadn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. Which tells us a little bit about Satan, how he usually comes and attacks us at our moment of weakness. Right? That's what he does. He waits until there's an opportune time, until we relinquish territory. He waits, and he comes at a time when we're most vulnerable. So Jesus has been fasting for 40 days. How many know when you've been fasting for 40 days, you're about hungry? (laughs) And he said, watch this. He said, look at verse number three. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, first of all, you see how the devil does? If you well, he is the son of God. But you see how the enemy does? He, he tries to create that doubt in your mind, right? He says, and he's talking to Jesus. If you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered him saying, it is written, watch this. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now that's Jesus talking. Watch again. Do you think the devil stopped right there? Watch. Then the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I will give it to whomever I wish. How many know that Satan is arrogant too? Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Now, you know, the Bible, the old, the old commandment said that, that we are, the, the commandment says that we are only to worship who? God. What was Satan trying to get him to do? Worship him. Trying to get him to break God's law because if he breaks God's law, then he would be disqualified from doing what he needed to do on the cross. Jesus fulfilled the law. So he was perfect. And Satan is trying to taint him. Therefore, if you will fall down, worship me, all will be yours. And Jesus answers and said to him, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is what? You shall worship the Lord your God and him only will you serve. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? How did he deal with the devil? He kept saying what? It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. So when the devil comes against you, you got to, you know, this is how you deal with it. It is written. So when the devil tells you that, that Jesus ain't with you no more, he says, no, it is written that he said that he will never leave me nor forsake yeah, me. That's, right. that's, good. that's what he said. Amen. It is written. He tried to say that you ain't saved. 
Jesus said that no man, it is written, no man shall pluck you out of my hand. Saved by grace through faith. It is written. Amen. That's how you, but see, but you got to know it, right? You got to know who you are. You got to know it so that you can quote it when he comes. How do you know he's coming? Amen. Now, we're closing. Now, I want you to ask a question. I want to ask you a question this morning. I want you to think before we pray. Are there areas, I want you to think of your life. Now, first, Name me the spiritual armor that we just talked about. Somebody just name them. What was the first one? The truth? What's the second one? What's the third one? What's the fourth one? What's the fifth one? Now ask yourself this question. The things that you're struggling with today, is it because perhaps you've taken off pieces of your armor? Think about it. Have you taken off pieces of your armor and given place to the devil? Has that lent itself to the problem that you may be having? You know, we have legitimate problems as believers. But a lot of the problem sometimes is we, 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 we do it ourselves because we allow that to happen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus as your Savior, that's, first of all, that's the starting point. The Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but all will come to a knowledge of the truth. Jesus died that you might have life and have it more abundantly. If you cannot say emphatically today, Pastor Gary, I know that if I die today, I know where I'm going. I know that I have returned. If you can't say that today, then this is your day to get right with Jesus because nothing else matters. He loves you. He died for you. He suffered for you. He spilled his blood for you. And he's calling you this morning. He wants to make your life beautiful. If that's you this morning, you say, Pastor, I need to get saved because I have no confidence. I don't know what's going to happen with me. If that's you, slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. This is between you and God. Don't look to your left. Don't look to your right. But raise your hand. You're saying today, I want to get right with God. I want to get right with him. Amen. I see that in one hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there another? Is there another? Or say today, I want to get right. I want to stop playing games. I want to stop playing games. I want to know I have eternal life. I see that second hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Saints are praying. Is there another? Say, I want to get right. I don't want to die and spend eternity in hell. I want to know. He loves you so much. He loves you. He loves you so much. Is there one more? Say, Pastor, I want to know today. I want to know today. Amen. Now, I'm going to, I want to ask you to take another important step. Now, for those who raise your hand, I want to ask you to come forward. It's not to embarrass you, but we want to pray with you. I want you to come forward. Those who raise your hand, come forward. Come on, saints. Encourage them as they come. Come on up, baby. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. 
This is why we do what we do. The Bible says that there's joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. You must recognize that he loves you with an incredible love. No one and nobody could ever love you like he does. And his word, when he tells you to do something, it is because he loves you and he knows what's best. He's been hunting you down for years. He's been calling you. He's been, you, you, you've heard his voice. And we have been praying that you will come. The saints are praying. Saints are praying. Nobody talking, nobody moving. Saints are praying. Today's your day. Let's lift your hands to the Lord, both of you. I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I'm tired of struggling on my own. I need you, Jesus. Save me. Wash me in your blood. Give me new life. I receive it this morning. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for using me. Thank you for calling me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, saints. Give God a praise. Amen. I got a couple. You can do me a favor. You can follow my wife if she has some information she want to talk with you. Miss Hubbard, come on up. Come on, saints. Give another praise again. Hallelujah! Come on, stand to your feet. Hallelujah! Now for you, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, save folks. We want to give you an opportunity as well. Because perhaps you've been in bondage to some things. Perhaps you've been in bondage to sin. And perhaps you realize that you've been given place to the devil. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to come and pray. The altar means a place of change. You don't come up here unless you're saying, Lord, I'm ready to change and be transformed. Maybe you realize this morning that there's been some places in your life that the reason that you're struggling, you've connected the dots. Because I've been taking off my armor. And I want to get it right today. Is there one? Just come to the altar. Let's pray. Let's wait. Let's pray. Is there one? Is there one? He's saying, Lord, I just want to, I just want to get it right. I, I, got, I had some strongholds in my life. I've been putting down my weapon, my armor. I've been left exposed. Is there one? Is there one? Amen, amen, amen. Well, come on, give God another praise. Now, it's cookout time, and listen, come on out and today and enjoy yourself. Get a hamburger. Even if you can't stay the whole time, get a hamburger or two. Come out and share with the love of God and share with the people of God. Let's talk. Let's, let's have sweet communion together. Let's laugh together. Let's pray together. 